Hey everybody, this is Linda Misigatis, and you're listening to An Unconventional Guide to Success, the show that talks about real life with real people for those of you who are interested in learning from others the steps they took on their journey towards success as defined by them. We have an exciting lineup of guests for season three and hope you enjoy everyone. Welcome to the studio. It's so great to see you, Scott. Good to see you too, Linda. Thank you. Yes. We've got a great guest today, we Gretchen. Yeah. We have a wonderful guest in the, um, here with us today. I'm sure the audience is really going to love hearing from, from Gretchen today. And with that, let me jump in and, and introduce Gretchen. Um, Gretchen is actually a leadership and development consultant and executive coach. Um, she has more than 30 years experience in the fields of education, behavioral science, leadership development, and business management. As an organizational development consultant, she works with corporations not-for-profits, government, uh, governmental and educational organizations to create learning environments, designing and delivering for leadership and team development, and facilitation for strategic visioning, board, and executive retreats and leadership coaching. So she's not very busy at all, you can tell. Um, no. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, she's an experienced professional facilitator and understands the challenges inherent in strategic discussions. And boy, is that going on a lot today. Um, this mm-hmm. involves understanding personal values and goals, attachments to deeply held beliefs and differing perspectives, which is so important as we dig in on unconscious bias these days. So um, as an executive coach, she's a catalyst for positive, proactive change and action-oriented individuals who want to do better and be their best. And she forms long-term collaborative partnerships with her clients, hence why we're here today. So I love that last statement. Absolutely. Well, welcome to the studio, Gretchen. (laughs) Linda, thank you so much. Who is that person? I just don't know who she is. I know. Isn't it kind of fun? Sometimes you hear your bio, you're like, wow, I'm pretty impressive. (laughs) You have no idea sometimes. It's like when you look back, you don't self-reflect enough sometimes on the amazing accomplishments you have in your life, I think. And it's really interesting to have someone read them to you. Yes, right. Yeah. I think I like that reflective piece. Thank you for that. Yes, absolutely. I feel like I've been bathed in this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it becomes a second nature, right? It almost becomes just inherent to who you are. And so you kind of forget like all of these things and you kind of look back a little bit and you're like, wow, I have accomplished a lot Um, and you've got many more things to accomplish. So that's even better. Well, it's interesting because I live in the Pacific Northwest and having been D.C. based and West Coast based in D.C., when people ask you, what do you do? It's that. And out here, when people ask you, what do you do? It's like I kayak, I hike. Isn't that wonderful? You know, so different cultures, different frameworks. Definitely. No, it's so true. (laughs) Um, That's such a good, uh, good perspective on that for sure. Um, Because, yeah, yeah, East Coast versus West Coast. Yeah. Well, and just to chime in on that, Gretchen, all the things you've accomplished and that we've uh, shared in your bio here that Linda read about, I've personally experienced as my leadership coach. And one of the first lessons I learned is this tri-state area that we live in of, you know, what, how do you define yourself, right? You know, it's all about my career and it's all about my importance and my self-worth and all the things I've achieved. And when she enlightened me on the notion that if you can get yourself out of that. And so I bought a place at the beach. We talk about that in chapter yeah. four. <laughs> Getting across the Chesapeake Bay, Bay Bridge now is something I always remember Gretchen in because it's when your shoulders start to drop. Yeah. And Beach Scott becomes something other than accomplished Scott. Yeah. And absolutely. It's a really nice no. transition. So, no, you know, there's just one of the many influences we're going to talk about today uh, that Gretchen can provide and does provide and has provided for me. So yeah, it's really I love it. good awareness. No, yeah. that's good. It's always nice to have um, old friends and colleagues um, on on with us. So um, let's jump right in. I always like to start with an icebreaker, Gretchen, um, despite what Scott thinks, <laughs> icebreakers are a good way to start podcasts. So um, yeah. <laughs> it just for a little fun. Um, so if you could hang out with any cartoon character, who would that cartoon character be and why? I, I, you know, I love that question. <laughs> um, actually, when 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 I think about a cartoon character, it's actually 
somebody that I would say has given me a lot of guidance in my life um, because of who she is and who she became. And that is Princess Fiona in Shrek. Because, you know, the, 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 the princess side of that yeah. um, piece of having to wear the crown and have the look and to manage the image and all that goes with that. And then being able to evolve and to liberate yeah. into finding her voice and, you know, the love of good things but still holding that that space where she knows she knows who she is yeah. and she's able to become who she's become. So, you know, that's been the journey. Like and that. so that's why she'd be my she'd be my girl. I'd like to have lunch. With. I like that <laughs> one. It. Yo, that's a good one. Um, Scott, are you sticking with your uh, with your I'm sticking? Yeah. So tell everybody who it is. I'm sticking with the Incredible Hulk. You know, yeah. I come in hot. I change with the with the the tides too fast. <laughs> always and you're the, green. And I'm, I'm, I'm always for the greater good. <laughs> always for the greater good is the intention. But yeah, no, I you know, everything's it. nice and scientific until it isn't, and that happens on a dime. Yeah, so all... yeah, no, I think that's yeah. great. Um, that's a good one. And, and what's yours, Linda? Again, let's see. Who do I want to it? hang out with today? So last time I talked about Deadpool because uh, Deadpool has zero filters, and sometimes I would like to just take. All the filters off um and just right. just be um whoever comes out so um but uh let's see you know i really i again i'm a huge looney tunes fan and so i kind of liked hanging out with bugs bunny um and understand a little bit more of what makes that guy tick um you know i've always been a huge fan of daffy dog because i could kind of relate with his craziness um but there's something very methodical about how bugs bunny interacts with people and just his thought process and what he does um and there's a little tiny manipulativeness about about Bugs Bunny that okay. I find quite, quite. All right, we're going to go there then. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> and all of these characters show up at every team meeting. We're yes, in. they yep, do. They oh do. my right? goodness. So true. It is so true. Yeah. No. It totally Yeah. Do. It is kind of t dials it way down when you look across <laughs> the table at the senior vice president and just think. Yeah. Bugs Bunny. No, exactly. Yeah. Well, and that's what I love because, you know, that old thing where they tell you to picture everyone in the room in their underwear or something like that. I'd much rather picture who I think they are as a cartoon character because it um, it's just it's way there, more. Yeah. Um, you know, I would really cartoon. like that if people would do that when they see me at the head of the table and just take off the Hulk. Yeah. And just yeah. call me incredible. The, yeah, well, There you go. Right. <laughs> there he is. Mr. Incredible. There it is. <laughs> Mr. Incredible. <laughs> I, I don't know. It. Just an idea. Oh, that's good. So Gretchen, did you always want to be an executive leadership coach? Like, is that, did you wake up as a little girl and say, I know what I want to do. I'm going to be an executive leadership coach. You know, it's an interesting um, aspect because coaching, I would say, is a tool that's in my, it's an arrow in my yeah. quiver. It's part of um, what I, I bring, but I was a teacher in my first life. Okay. I um, finished college and was a um, reading specialist. Oh. And I was the kind of teacher who was a coach. Okay. So really unpacked, you know, learning in that yeah. way and came from, I mean, 30 years ago, you know, before people were talking about mindset, we were working with that, wow. you know, well, what did you want to have happened? How did that work? You know, wow, that's hard, isn't it? Let's, let's try that one mm -hmm. again. So, you know, let's practice that. And over the years, I mean, I, I got my master's in organizational development in my mid-40s, okay. and um, I was working with senior leaders and their teams, mm -hmm. and I was um, facilitating and doing some training, and I would also show up, and we would coach through those challenging conversations. Yeah. And this was when coaching was really beginning to... Um, have a visible presence and the ICF was being founded and they were wanting to um, certify coaches. So I really came into it as a process consultant and a facilitator yeah. and then coaching 
really became an, an aspect of the offering. Oh, I like so. that. When I liked something that you said there, um, because we've talked about this a little bit, is that these concepts are not new. Um, like even Carol Dweck's book on mindset is not a new book. Um, all of the things mm-hmm. that we're seeing today that are kind of being brought forward aren't new ideas, aren't new concepts. And I said, many of these books were written a long time ago. It's just, we weren't ready for that. So we weren't ready mm-hmm. as, a, as a person, as organizations to really kind of embrace this notion that perhaps, you know, we do need a little bit of leadership coaching. Perhaps we do need to really kind of look at our mindset because we don't always think of it in that context. We make broad-based assumptions that people are in the roles that they're in because they're just, you know, the smartest person in the world. And so that's why we put them in that leadership role. That's not always the case. Um, And many times isn't the case. They've not necessarily been given that coaching and guidance um, throughout their careers. So it's kind of interesting, you know, that it's evolved to where it is today. I would say, too, as a as a coach, um, I really draw on that experience on um, human development that I got actually as a trained teacher to think about how much our early childhood impacts us and our first team is our family. So when a leader becomes, you know, Mm self-aware of what, how they show up and when they're in their, you know, a game, they may show up as a fully formed adult And when they're a little bit off or under stress or duress, they're probably that 12-year-old at the dinner table who's not happy with mom and dad and fighting with their sibling. So when teams start to think about, you know, who's in the Mm -hmm. room with me today and how am I showing up? It's a whole person. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And there's different aspects of it, you know, and as Gretchen coached me and through that process, for the last 15 years in my business, one of the th- earlier books you describe you <clears throat> suggested I read is called Growing Up Again. I forget the author. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jean Esley Clark, Growing Up Again, Parenting Ourselves oh. and Becoming Parenting Our yeah. Children. <clears throat> you know, I mean, I, I, I've been really candid. Um, you know, uh, the relationship that you build with a client is based on on trust, right. and you really are are, are fully present to mm-hmm. them. And over the years, you know, Scott and I have had the great good fortune of working together. I help myself more as a strategic advisor. Yeah. So it's kind of like that, that full, full offering. Yeah. Um, but we've also gone through life experiences together. And so, you know, when his brother Dan passed, I had a shared experience with my brother Stephen passing Mm. when he was 32. So, you know, that experience of having that kind of loss and being able to be present to someone, just present to them. Yeah, yeah. In that, yeah. you know, it's 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 a piece of that. So oh, that makes a lot of sense. We bring ourselves. We bring ourselves. We do, and yeah. I think that that's what people are wanting is to belong to something. You know, have work that's meaningful. Yeah. To feel that they have a place where they belong, and to be able to contribute. Um, so, I'm a big fan of kindness. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah what kindness can do and how it can be an invitation. Oh, I totally agree. It doesn't take any effort to be kind to people, um, you know, and, and I do think that uh, you see that often, that kindness is one of those things that uh, we forget about, and it's such a simple thing to do, um, is to just be nice. Um, and I, it's not hard. And I really like how Gretchen emphasizes, you know, in the po- previous podcast, we've talked about how coaching is maybe a, a uh, uh, an arrow in her quiver. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. it is really true in our dance. And, you know, one of the things that's interesting, and, and I know the, the title of our podcast, The Unconventional Guide, mm-hmm. the title of the book, Unconventional Guide to Success, How Did You Get Here? Yeah. Just to tell the story, another layer with Gretchen, that's from my lens as her um, strategic advisor, or as she's a coach, I remember I had met Gretchen in when I was doing real estate. And when I put the listing up, I got to know Gretchen and, and her husband, Paul, a little bit sure. in a way that was just sort of starting to befriend Gretchen and Paul as well, yeah. not just in the transaction. And I remember when I, when I decided to go full on with WorldGate as a consulting firm, mm-hmm. I reached out to Gretchen and Paul and said, hey, I, 
I need, you know, a little bit of advice. You guys have these resumes that are a little bit deeper. Yeah. I'd like to, and Gretchen applied coaching to our interaction, but I'd like some strategic advice. We did some SWOT analysis. Yeah. We did all these things together. And what's important about Gretchen and 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 what we're, we're unpacking here about why she's even here today is she's basically every chapter of the book also. Yeah. In that she's she partners, she's in relationship, she's uh, teaching of good habits and supportive of that. Mm -hmm. She's coaching, and she helps set goals that were realistic. And it runs the gamut to the last chapter, which is really Worldgate culture and what Worldgate's all about mm -hmm. and behaviors. And so, what I'm sharing and highlighting here is for our viewers and these young listeners to realize is that that one person is not just a coach and one person is yeah. not just necessarily a strategic advisor but that you can run the gamut in relationship yeah and i think even with our brother's passing it's really important to recognize that she was bringing maybe her coaching hat or maybe her friend ear yeah. or maybe her experience in how to navigate some of the stuff yeah absolutely and that's a really important thing that i think really puts an exclamation point on why i even wrote the book is, is it really matters for this next generation to realize you're not just going to come out of school and start a business and be great. Right. You've got to reach out to people, forge relationships, and you can get pieces of those, those people Yeah. and apply them and give pieces back. Yeah. I know Gretchen was having, you know, some, some issues in her life and she said, Hey, I need you to bring your coaching hat. Yeah. As a certified leadership coach, I did to the conversation. But what was ironic about it is she was the reason I was a certified coach right. yeah. to begin yeah. with. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, that, that's the beauty of relationships. Yeah. Well, I think, and you know, I mean that that chapter's entitled um, "Teacher, you know, Mentor, mm -hmm. yeah. Coach," yeah. you know, and being being a, a, a mentor and having a mentor for the audience that I think your book is really focused to support. Having a mentor when you're in your um, early career. Mm -hmm having several mentors, different areas in your life, right. but, um, as a mentee, you know, you bring something to the mentor as well. Mm -hmm. They learn from you. Um, but having a mentor gives you someone that you can bounce your ideas mm -hmm. off of. You can, um, listen to their guidance and their wisdom because they've got a little bit of, you know, track yeah. down. And oftentimes they understand the political, the organizational dynamics. If you're in a business setting, yeah. um, it's, we have to have a, a, a more fluid intergenerational yeah. Yeah. relationship. So, you know, mentoring and right now I'm, I, I'm an executive coach, um, with chief, okay, which yeah. is about, you know, women in yeah, leadership yeah. and really taking, changing the face of, of leadership, you know, mentoring has been key and networking is key to women yeah. being able to progress into the C-suite mm -hmm. to manage their careers and organizations that support networking yeah. that encourage their young leaders and you know especially women to bring them to that visible place to succeed in the organization comes from supporting yep mentoring and networking that's very true it's so it's and, so critical that we hear that and it's really um what I really liked about when we asked you about coaching and did you always want to be a coach? Your response was, I see myself more as a strategic advisor mm -hmm. because that does create a little bit of fluidity in mm -hmm. what hat do you need to wear in what day? Yep. And, and I will say that what that moves me to in our conversation is to recognize that Gretchen and I have been coach, coachy, mentor, mentee, she for me, even when it comes down to supporting some of the ways in which I describe things in the book, she had editing rights to, which was great. Yeah. But we meet every week or every two weeks yeah. for the last 15 years. Yep. When I think that's a, that's a big piece of it, right? Is that it's you as, um, you know, just kind of thinking about the advice that you were giving there, Gretchen, is that young people need to seek out those mentors though. Because like, I think about myself as a young person, I don't really look back and go, wow, I had some amazing mentors in my life. Um, but I also did not seek out those mentors either because I mm -hmm. was, you know, I, maybe I was insecure, maybe whatever it was, but I didn't feel like, now there were some people that definitely helped me along the way, um, throughout my career and gave me some great advice, but I don't look back and go, 
wow, I had these amazing mentors and they're the ones who helped me. But uh, there's a responsibility on that in for me, right? In that uh, it's okay to go and seek those people out. And, and I yeah. think that's some of the best advice we can give to younger generations is that go and ask the questions, ask for help. 100%. And then for the older generation, one of my favorite people is Kristen Scroggins. And she does all of this work on, she's a company called Gen Y. And um, she was a universe, uh, professor at the University of Alabama. But what she teaches is on multi-generational communication and how we interact with one another. But, and what she was talking about is that, you know, the older generation, like as I was growing up too, it was very much like, eh, we'll call it hazing a little bit. You know, it's like we had to learn those lessons because that's what they're, you oh. know, they went through this and they went through that, pull up your bootstraps. And that instead of just saying, hey, you know what? This was my experience and this is how I handled it. And this is how I would advise that maybe you take a look at that situation. We could be much better leaders and guiders to the younger generation. And when they come and ask for that help, let's offer up the help, not let's give them a life lesson on, you know, pulling up your bootstraps. um, Back to kindness, back to kindness. kindness. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I know that that's a big part of what Scott Scott likes about, you know, connecting with folks from all generations, usually over, you know, uh, run or the gym, but in the service to having those connections, it's, it's a big piece of it. I think some of the best conversations I've ever had with some of the youngers and man, Scott has sat at my table here on Orcas Island. So he knows the place I'm I'm, from which I speak, but it's over a cup of tea or having a glass of wine and just having a conversation and listening to their hopes and their dreams and not telling them what they should do with it, but just Just listen. listen. Yeah, no, I love that. One of the kids I work with um, here at uh, at UKG, I was on a call with him yesterday and all of a sudden he's like, Linda, you just, he's like, I just can totally be myself with you. He's like, I know I'm totally rambling and everything. He's like, but you listen to what I say. And I, I, didn't really put too much to that until what you just said there, Gretchen, is that, you know, it really is like he is just rambling with all these great, but I just want to let him have that freedom to do that because in all of that rambling, he was learning something through the process. And he was, you know, I was just Mm -hmm. kind of listening to him and every once in a while I'd insert a little something, but just letting him talk without any parameters. Um, and I just want just watching him um, blossom has been so much fun to see that. And you're right. That's what, I hear it from my own son. It's like, sometimes it's like, I don't need your advice. I just need your ear, right? I just need you to hear what yeah. I'm saying. Um, and we forget that sometimes. So. Well, you know, and both of you are that for me and that, and Gretchen has been a long time person, but Linda, just before this call, I was dumping email after email on you <laughs> because I, I, I learned early on, and this is, this is to your point. I learned early on that talking about it for me yeah. helps me find the solution. Yeah. It doesn't, it's not an ask of you to be anything other than holding that space. Yeah. Yeah. Both of you. No. Extroverted thinker that yeah, you are. Right. Exactly. Talks to think, yes. right? right? You know, yeah. I mean, I'm an extrovert as well. It's just like, I, don't fix it. I just have to yeah. talk about it. No, that's yeah. good. When I'm the really exact important. opposite, I'm an introvert. I compartmentalize and internalize, and that's how I process everything, which may be why I can be the balance sometimes to Scott's extrovert is my introvert. And somewhere in between that, we find the balance. I call it ballast and sail, oh, Linda. Oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, Scott's got that, that wind and the sale, yeah. but without the ballast that creates the stability. Yeah, I love that. So you guys are a good team because you bring, you know, that contrast. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I think we're all three a good team. And it's interesting. We bring our unique gifts to that. And, you know, yeah. Gretchen, I love the eloquence you bring to the analogies, ballast, sail, kite, string, all the stuff, right? Yeah. Because it's really important for people to hear that. It, 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 even as an introvert, you need that ballast you know, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. as an extrovert, I might need the string or that kite. Is ballast the thing that grounds you in sailing or? The ballast is the keel. It's, it's, it's what gives the, the boat the stability so I, yeah. and holds it upright. The sail but is without what I bring. having the sail, you're not going to go too far. Yeah. Right. And without having the ballast, you're not going to stay upright. Yeah. And so introverts, so, so introverts should hear that being an introvert, is the ballast, yeah, right? So yeah, you're yeah. not going to go too far without a sail any further than the sail is going to go without a ballast. Yeah, no, it's and these, really good. These, these conversations are really valuable if people can yeah. pull out the nuggets. Oh, one, one final thing. 
to your point about the gym is, you know, one of the guys at the gym that I work out with, and he's in his mid thirties, he's still pushing his career around, um, trying to figure out what he wants to do in his life, literally took me out to lunch yesterday and literally brought a list of questions. And that was so fulfilling. And so why I'm doing all this yeah. to hear him say, should I be putting more money in my 401k or buying real estate? And you're going, well, let's talk about what your life's mission is. Yeah. And there are many components. Mm -hmm. Is your girlfriend going to become your wife? Are you going to have kids? Do you want to live in this area? All these right. things that right. people just need that ballast yep. to try and figure out what to do with. Yeah, yeah. no, right. I like so that. So to Linda's point, and yeah. to Linda's point into one of the subchapters in the chapter, networking and asking for it is essential. Yeah. And so however you need to do that, I think what we're talking about here is really important. Yeah. And, again, and how are we as elders and, you know, anybody who's over the age of 40 yeah. right. kind of is moving into that eldering yeah. role? How do we, how can we become the invitation? Exactly. How can we be approachable? How, you know, I mean, Linda, obviously, you know, you've got a, a dynamic with this young man and he feels comfortable right. to maybe close the door and talk with you about things. And, you know, I think the, 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 the gift of introversion, well, it's nice that we're actually recognizing how potent introverts yeah. are. I yeah. mean, for a long time, high reward for extroverted Absolutely. leaders. What's a leader, you know, executive presence, how am I out there? How do I speak? Yeah. But introverts take the time to think about what they want to say. <laughs> what happens is, you know, if if they don't have the space when they're ready to share, then we don't get their best thinking. No. Or if we don't, you know, prime the pump that we're going to have a conversation about this. Yeah. So introverts can come preloaded to contribute yeah. or follow up after the meeting. Yeah. Mm -hmm with an introvert to say, okay, I, you didn't hear too much from you then, but I'm sure you've had a chance to think yeah. about it. Tell me what your thoughts Absolutely. are, you know, so honoring our differences and realizing that, you know, how we process information yes. and how we contribute it. So important so as a leader it's to so create important. space, you know, and to the end of the fact that um, you guys have supported me, I in turn have supported, for example, Linda's um, assessments and some of the coaching yep. we've done, giving the space to her to mm -hmm. communicate from an extroverted perspective. And we've fallen off. I'm just realizing we've fallen off that. We, we might want to get back yeah. into that because there's some things I'm curious how they resolve. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but but it's really important for people to see the yin and yang and the give and take and the different roles that we hold amongst each other. Yeah. And that foundation of trust and comfort is earned over time. I totally right? agree. And yeah. yeah. These are these are just valid things. Yeah, sorry, Linda, go ahead. No, you're good. Yeah. I know those are really good points. Well, I was just going to ask Gretchen, one of the things you describe yourself as a weaver, a leader and a catalyst for change. Tell us what what does that mean to you? I, I'm really curious about the <laughs> weaver part for sure. So um, this it, Scott laughs and it's, it's it's true. So I um. Uh, when when I when I lived in the DC metro yeah. area, you know, um, first marriage, lawyer, building a law firm. I was in real estate. Had three kids before I was twenty eight. You know, really, really busy, busy, yeah. busy. Because I was selling land in Montgomery County, I knew what was coming along the you know two seventy corridor. And living in Montgomery County felt a little bit cramped mm -hmm. seeing what was on the the drawing yeah. board. So my first husband, Jim, and I started to look for other places to raise our kids because our kids are, you know, they're, they're, they're great learners, but they learn differently. And to be in a large school or to have to, you know, carry the, the responsibility of, you know, three private school tuitions, it's like, well, maybe there's another yeah. way. So I started looking at small town America. And I mean, we're talking in like the, you know, 1986, 1987. Okay. And so fast forward, we ended up moving to an island that's very served in the Pacific Northwest, but stayed engaged with his law practice. Okay. And I continued to go back to the DC area every six weeks to be a drug and alcohol prevention wow. trainer. And I got involved with that through Montgomery County because they were the first county to receive a lot of, um, money for task forces okay. for prevention. 
I had the marvelous experience of being trained by a woman named Rita Rumbaugh. Isn't that, that is a, a great, great name? name. Yeah, I, I I, Rita was one of my, my early, early teachers. <laughs> and what she did is there would be parents and there would be students and there'd be teachers and we'd come together and um, she would facilitate our being able to work together. Okay. So then we went back into our communities awesome. and offered training and support um, and connected, especially I was, you know, hosting conversations with parents whose kids were in high yeah. school just before they were getting their driver's okay. license. Let's talk about prom. Yeah. What about beach week? How do you feel about your kid? You know, yeah. all of those things. And so because I lived in that and was a bit removed mm -hmm. from it, you know, coming to a small community, yeah. I found that being the host to being the invitation, putting on the kettle, inviting people to come over. I met people who had something and I met people who needed something and I could kind of weave them together. Yeah. I love that. So in my, you know, 32 years living on this island yeah. of, I think there's like 5,000 wow. people year round. Um, that's been, so my, my daughter, who's 44, came back to live in the islands at COVID time. And she said, mom, you know, everybody. And it's like, <laughs> well, I've been around here for a while. Right, right. So I know so that, you know, this person, this person, you know, paints and this person needs a painter yeah. and this person, you I know, like and it's like, here's this. So that's, that's kind of my weaving yeah. story, but it came from learning how to be a community weaver in, you know, people just want the invitation and oftentimes are shy. Yeah, they are. Yeah. No, I think that's really, um, that is so cool. I love that, uh, that you, you know, kind of take that approach and then bringing people together like that is awesome. Um, well, and I'm curious because coaching can sometimes feel a little bit like counseling. And I always think, gosh, how hard would it be to sit around, and listen to people's problems all day long? Um, so how do you incorporate self-care into your life? <laughs> I, I I like am, that laugh. By the way, this is a G-rated. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I do live in Washington State. Yeah. I'll just yes, say that. yes. Fair enough. I'm in Colorado, so I know. <laughs> I live right. Yes, yes. I know. Yes. yes. I live, I live in a, uh, I call it the Shire. Okay. You know, yeah. my husband, Paul, and I live in this grove of cedar trees. Um, and I am really blessed to have made that, that shift yeah. where nature is very available to me. I was in, I mean, I was almost going to be in a two bedroom high rise apartment in Reston mm -hmm. when COVID decided it was going to send us all to our yes. rooms. Yeah. And um, got out of that situation, came back to the island and have been pretty much, you know, working from a remote place all over the globe. I'm fortunate with that. Um, so nature is really my guide, it's restorative. And, you know, one of the benefits for me as a, a coach is it's, it's not my problem. Yeah. That's it's good. not yeah. my challenge. It's the client's yeah. challenge. And so how can I be present to help them unpack it? There's empathy and there's compassion, yeah. but there's not collapsing. Yeah. You know, and I think having, <laughs> you know, I grew up in a family where I had to do my work to learn how to have good boundaries. Yeah. You know, I don't know many of my friends who haven't had that same experience. Right. So it gives us that yeah. chance growing up again, parenting myself. Yeah. No. <laughs> so um, knowing where I end and somebody else begins, that's that's a piece of it as well. I like that. Uh, I was telling Scott, one of the best pieces of advice I got from one of my coaches was, um, it's not about you. Um, and that yeah. was, and she said, and stop using I statements, Linda. And um, that was some of the best advice I had received mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. I do, I think it's probably my introverted nature. I internalize everybody's stuff. 
you know, so I'm carrying it around with me and it's heavy and my shoulders are weighted down because I'm now making it about me and about how it's affecting me. And when I started Mm -hmm. to stop looking at it through that lens and go, it's not about you, Linda, it's about this person, the challenge they're facing, and how can you provide some guidance around that and then let it go because it's not your burden to carry with you either um, were Mm -hmm. some really key things that I learned. And that's what I just heard a lot of what you were saying there is that you can't make it about you. You're there to guide and provide direction. But at the end of the day, it's, it's that person needs to then take that and either do with it, you know, something positive or, or not do anything at all. So. Well, because you, you know, the only person I can change is myself yeah. Right? Yeah. and try as I might, you know, want to change my partner, my children, my friends, yeah. the world. I can't. So getting a reset on that one. And Scott will laugh because, you know, here I sit. I'm a big believer in water. Yeah. 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 And I, I really think it, you know, it's such a key aspect to us because we are primarily water. And as a fluid person, I mean, I'm a Pisces, I am a water sign. And so, you know, those of us who have that <laughs> compassionate care and that edge, we have to really keep our hydration yes. and that fluidity. And if we don't, then we become stagnant and that pond is not pretty. No, you know, I want to go back real quick just to, um, mm-hmm. I want to go back real quick to something you guys were talking about, Linda, with your, um, how do you not take on and collapse, as Gretchen called it, into the problems of yeah, the person yeah. you're holding space for? And how it's not about us as the person holding the space, right? right? The other thing that I wanted to just dabble into a little bit that that came up for me in that conversation is the word loyalty. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. for me, I trust, for example, in our relationship, this, this, you three, us three, I will Mm -hmm. always be there for Gretchen as long as she wants me there. And I will always be there for Linda as long as she wants me there. And that's a a loyalty that assures I likely won't collapse if I just say, here's my boundary. Yes. Mm -hmm. I'm not going further, but I'm also not going away. Right. So that balance of holding that space and being present for me is complemented with people I choose to be loyal to. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it does Mm -hmm. solidify a more transparent, more um, open dialogue. I mean, I literally can be myself in front of both of you yeah. and I'm actually getting better of saying I can, you know, I'm dumping right now or I'm venting because yeah. I know it's a safe space and, and holding that back for you yeah. is also the same case. There's no offense in what you have to say to me. Right. Right. Because, yeah. I, because of the loyalty quadrant yep. of that space I'm holding yeah. for this relationship. Does that make sense? It does. It, it, and one of the things that, uh, you know, I've noticed, too, over the, the years, and the two of you, I think, share this as well, is that we, we meet people, perhaps through our work, or we meet people, perhaps through our children, or we meet people, and then we get to know them differently. So we're multifaceted, yeah, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So having an awareness of our boundaries around, you know, this I have to do this in my in my work role, and we have this relationship, and yeah. there's that. Yeah. But we can also give each other feedback because mm-hmm. you're a trusted friend, right. and I can yes. hear things from you yeah. because you're offering them. Because you're not like hit and run. You're right. not yes. going to yeah. dump it and, and leave. I might not like what I'm hearing. Right. I might need to say, tell me a little bit, bit about that. Or I think I need a moment or yeah. a break, you know. Yeah. And we can do that, but we keep showing up in each other's lives. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And that somatic yeah. response to who you're going to show up with is something we talk about in the book. And that loyalty mm-hmm. and what mm-hmm. you're touching on, Gretchen, was expressed well in the book in that you know, it's um, multifaceted and it's loyal. And I think it's really important to touch on that for our viewers and listeners to recognize. I like multifaceted as a way to summarize what I'm trying to say. And those Mm -hmm. facets include skill and quivers and I'm sorry, Mm -hmm. arrows. And they also include loyalty and emotional. And the big thing is Mm self-awareness, right? Mm -hmm. If we're constantly working on the self-awareness, it's not an I, me statement. It's a, how am I 
working at peak performance for those I'm loyal to statement is the way I view that. Well, and how, yeah. how, yeah. how do I show up? There's a feedback loop there. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like, yes. well, let me yeah. tell you what yeah. I saw. Right. Or, you know, like yes. your story, Linda, earlier about listening to, you know, your your younger associate just being able to go, and here's yeah. my thinking, it's on the wall, you know. So, all right. So then what do you want to do with that? Right. Because yes. you can't go to that meeting and do that. Exactly. So yes. let me yeah. give you a little feedback. I heard it all, but yeah. what parts of that yeah. do you really want to convey? Linda did that to and... me literally 45 minutes ago. Linda said, don't send that message. Send this message. <laughs> you know, and and being able to to give that feedback mm-hmm. is is uh, is an important part of it as well. But I think Scott, your book is is it's a collection of your stories, mm-hmm. you know. And um, I think that when when I read your your manuscript and had heard your stories, yeah, having them. been on them. the journey with you, yeah, yeah. it's like. If 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 we can listen to each other's stories, yeah, yeah. we hear people's lives. Yeah. So for me, as you know, a, a coach, that is probably the greatest honor is to be able to be present to somebody and hear their their stories. And you know, I've been at this for 25, 30 years, yeah. you know, it's like, so I hear that story. So is that story <laughs> serving you? Right? How does that story work yeah. now? Because you know, you've been dragging that suitcase for a long time. Yeah. So is there anything you'd like to take out of it? Yeah. Like, hello? Yeah. You know? Well, that's a continuity piece that I was saying earlier about we've met every week for 15 years because yeah. when you lose that continuity you lose understanding what's in the suitcase right yeah yeah that, that's it and the evolution yeah. doesn't change and it's so oh gosh most of us don't even want to look in the garage <laughs> right? or in the attic or in the basement let alone yes. you know unpack the 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 trunk no but that's true. part of the the gift of you know having somebody really listens to well it. and i hope totally people agree. are really listening to this conversation because again um, we're hitting on all cylinders for me yeah. just in really trying to unpack at a high level because when you were talking about the book and how it's my stories my yeah. stories relate to the arrows of the quiver known as the book mm-hmm. is the way i look at it yeah they're so just taking it to the whole length of this conversation each chapter is its own quiver self-care communications relationships all that you add your stories to this book that could be considered a quiver in skills that we've taught that gretchen you've even exposed to me to go consider pursuing through the coaching certification process mm-hmm. you know yeah and yeah. bringing those to business is the new thing right. from the 90s. Right. Because these were all done in athletic coaching earlier. Right. The product from tennis to coaching is something else that I was coming up for me earlier that's just the phenomenon. It's not mm-hmm. that we're all more thirsty for it. We're just now all able to apply it to business more effectively, right. I think. Yeah. No, it's true. Would you agree? Yeah, I would. Gretchen? Alinda? Yeah. Do you see, what do you see, Linda? I mean, you know, you, you got a front row seat. Too. Yeah. Well, you know, what I see a lot of is, um, is that, yeah, we've always thought of coaching more in the, in the sports world um, side of it. Even in the sports world, there's not one coach, you know, there's a quarterback coach, a running back coach, you know, in baseball, you've got a batting coach, a whatever, you know, coach, um, base mm-hmm. running, all of that sort of stuff. And um, in our lives, we've, for some reason, we thought we didn't need that coaching in our business world, in our personal lives, you know, and and I think, you know, for me anyway, growing up in a generation where you didn't talk about your problems, um, that was not okay. Um, you know, you kept things in your home um, and it was the same thing in the business world. You didn't bring your, mm-hmm. you didn't bring yourself to work. Um, you were there to yeah, do a job bit, and to right? perform a task. And so I think in doing so, what we've seen is the evolution. And I like that you talked about the whole person. Because I think that's a lot of what we're seeing and why there's more this embracing is there's this recognition that maybe we don't have it all figured out. Maybe we don't really know what we're doing and we could use some coaching along the way. So, you know, self-awareness, um, we're talking like growth mindset is the big hot topic these days um, in the in the world of work. And um, even looking at all of the, I've seen more personality assessment tools used in business over the last several <laughs> years um, that it's mind boggling to me because I look at those tests I took them years ago, you know, because that's what we did back then is looking at some 
some of that, but how are we using that? And that there is a hunger and a desire to actually understand the whole person. And I think COVID maybe brought some of that out. Um, I say this oftentimes when I'm speaking at events is that somewhere along the line, because usually I'm speaking for government. And I said, you know, we always say government did this, government did that. Government didn't do anything. It's the people who work in government. And somewhere along the line, even organizations have forgotten, it's people who keep the doors open and the lights on. And if we're not being thoughtful and considerate and understanding that they do have a life outside of those four walls, um, then we're we're never going to be as successful as we could be. And so I think that there's been a level of acknowledgement and understanding. And now we're starting to see leaders embracing this idea that, mm-hmm. hey, maybe we maybe we could use some help here. Maybe we've got it all wrong. Yeah. So if 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 we're going to transform, because I think COVID has taught us several lessons, it's been an invitation. Yeah. I don't know that everybody, you know, has been up for the lessons, Agreed. but it certainly has been an invitation. And quite honestly, it's it's still with us because it wants us to pay attention. Yes. Um but people are, are coming to uh, that place when they've had this pause. They're coming to that place that, that they, they want to have a purpose in life. And we see it with generations in the workplace. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm looking at, at boomers and, and Gen X mm-hmm. and, you know, Gen Y. And how do we create conditions yes to engage mm-hmm. those who really want to work in a purpose yeah. full way in a um an organization that's aligned with their their values who recognizes them yeah. for their individuality mm-hmm. and the interconnectedness that these youngers operate yes. with because you know we were all that self-made yes, right that autonomy, that independence (laughs) is an interdependence. So as an OD person, that piece is really, I mean, you know, when I went to American University and I got my master's in Mm -hmm. OD, I had the great good fortune of having um, Edie and, and, and Charlie Seashore as my professors. I mean, they were part of the early years of organizational development and their special gift. Well, Edie was a pistol because she was on the front line with women in the workplace. I mean, she was on the front line at the Naval Academy when women were coming into the Naval Academy. And Charlie and Edie's gift is use of self. Mm. I mean, it's like, how do I show up? And each of us is a collection to your point, Linda, of it's, it's, it's individuals. It's not the government. It's not the company. It's a, it's a collection of individuals. And when those individuals increase their awareness of themselves Mm -hmm. and how they show up Mm -hmm. and how they contribute and the impact that they have or the wake that they throw yeah. or, you know, how they, they communicate or how they deal with conflict or they don't deal with conflict. All of that awareness of myself mm-hmm. and raising that up. So assessments, you know, using the DISC or using the Myers-Briggs, having a leadership 360 yeah. to say, oh, I didn't realize I see myself like this. My colleagues, yes. my direct reports see me this yeah. way. Mm-hmm. Like, so what do you want to do with that? That's exactly. And, yeah. yeah. Linda and I have done that for each other with that assessment. Yeah. And it is amazing mm-hmm. what those things will kick out if you're true to your response. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And being aware right. and the self-awareness, Gretchen, I just, I thrive in this. I think this is such interesting dialogue that to Linda's point is not always communicated out there, mm-hmm. which is the purpose of this whole podcast and the book. And embracing the humanity in business yeah that's just and i think there's so much that. it's yeah, so important totally agree as i watch my kids go deeper and deeper into the vortex of their phones and sure it's just the next generation of tv or whatever it is there is a disconnect my son was having a date with a girl on sunday that he'd never even talked to right. it was all through <laughs> social media and i'm going yeah. where is the humanness in this yeah you know yeah crazy was there was there date through social media or did they actually get together and do something So they were getting together through social media having never talked before they were meeting at the town center in reston 
And I said, well, what have you talked about? What do you know about her? Nothing other than this, this Snapchat. Media. Hey, I met, I, I, I met my husband of 22 years on a dating site. So yeah. come on. I mean, you know, it's that fascinating was... to me, but I also think it's a, it's a level of uh, humanity I want them to hear is important because you did actually have <laughs> the, the date. The face-to-face, -face, <laughs> yes. right. Yeah, I know it. I know it. But yeah, uh, it's a different about world. those letters right. and those texts yeah. and those yeah, emails. Yeah, yeah. It's like, does it pale in it's reality? No. <laughs> I hope it was the Barbie movie. Right. <laughs> Yes, exactly. then I would say your your son's a keeper. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. I love that. No. Well, you know, Gretchen, I can see why um, why Scott has had this long term relationship with you. We could definitely talk all day and I hope you'll come back um, and join us on another yeah. episode for sure. I love talking. With yeah, the no, this has you. been Thank wonderful. You. So we always like to end our podcast with uh, with three questions. And so my first question for you is, what is a common myth about your job or field of expertise? What is a common myth? Well, I think that um, it requires a certain level of expertise when really what it's about is just asking the question and listening. I like that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, because I, I do think you're absolutely right. People assume executive coach means you've done it all, seen it all, been everywhere, and not necessarily the truth. So, um, so yeah, like you're going to get reprimanded if you don't do it a certain yeah. way when it's really about holding the space. I love yeah, that. no, that's a and good being one. trained on how to hold that space yeah. does give it yeah. validity. But that's that's really um, a good point. Yeah, Gretchen. I like I that think one it's true. for sure. Mm -hmm. So, what is the most important lesson you've learned over your career? To not take myself too seriously. I like <laughs> when I was a teacher in you know my early twenties, I had a poster, Raggedy Ann and Andy, and that was what it said: "Don't take yourself too seriously." Yeah. And I still hold that I one. Like that one. That's a good one. Yeah, that's um, good. And my last question for you is: What's the one question you wish that we would have asked you, and how would you have answered it? <sighs> Boy, you really throw them at me. <laughs> I'm the one who's accustomed to asking. I know questions. it's hard when you're on the receiving so, uh, end of that, right? Take a minute, Gretchen. Take a minute. I'm sure a beautiful pearl of wisdom will be thrown at all of us. <laughs> um, what's your favorite cocktail? Oh, I like that. Okay. What's your favorite cocktail? <laughs> <laughs> keep going um, keep going you, you yeah. <laughs> oh I, well you know i mean scott just, you and i've had you know it's it's bourbon with beef okay mm -hmm. yeah all right, right. All right. so there's the combination i make a mean manhattan i love it and it's bourbon with beef i love, love it. it no I love that's it. great <laughs> Not taking yourself too seriously. I love it. So, no, no, hardly. Hardly. Yeah. Thank you so much. But, yes, thank you so here. much this for being fantastic. here with us, Scott. As always, a, I enjoy you guys. Time. Are great hosts. It's been oh, so much you. fun to talk thank with you. you. We've really enjoyed. Well, we'll do it again it. this we'll fall. We're gonna have another round. Yes. We've got another series coming another out. Series. And, uh, yeah, we we can't wait. Um, have a whole new line of guests and some repeat guests, and uh, we can't wait to can't wait to be back. So, um, thank you so much, and we. Thank wish you. everyone uh, well today. We hope you enjoyed this episode of An Unconventional Guide to Success. If you want to learn more about Gretchen Cramp, you can follow her on LinkedIn. Her profile is in the show notes. An Unconventional Guide to Success is an inspirational, motivated series hosted by Scott Montgomery and Linda Misagatis, recorded on Riverside.fm. Music, editing, and production by Logan Misagatis. Check out Scott Montgomery's new book, How Did You Get Here?, and all the helpful related materials at www.howdidyougethere.com. Thank you for joining us on our journey. If you would like to reach out to us, our contact information is in the show notes.